1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtics manager Hunt continues as Pascal Janssen's name enters the frame. Mark Haitley says Rangers need two strikers ahead of the new season and we find out the groups for the Viaplay Cup next season. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Well, the season has just concluded. Saturday passed and the draw has already been made for the Viaplay Cup and teams will be taking interest. Players will be reporting back to pre-season training soon in preparation. But the big story of the week is still surrounding Celtic taking who they have their eye on for the manager's job other names being added to it it seems like every passing hour another name gets connected with this job but we've been here before we've mentioned all the names before two years ago and it was one plucked from obscurity that came in and did the job and transformed the club into what it's became now so still plenty mileage left in this one Andrew Yeah Celtic has of course been the big story over the last couple of weeks Rangers looking to do transfer business as well we didn't really get the chance to touch on that Hearts appointment yesterday we can have a look and see what that means as well Queen's Park will be playing their football at Hamden next season as well and of course Fans of every club will be interested in the Viaplay Cup group stage draw. I mean, <laughs> the most recent season has just finished. Do you think some of the players that are maybe away on holiday at the moment are thinking, oh, come on, you don't need to be talking about fixtures for next season yeah. already? Oh, 100%. Some will be on the beach. Some will be just making their way up the road from the beach club as we speak just now after having a merry day out. And uh, news breaks that the fixtures are already out. Now, I'm kind of split on the Viaplay Cup and, and what this is became because I always enjoyed as a player going into pre-season and knowing you had really four weeks of hard working graft and pre-season friendlies to get up to speed before you played any competitive football but there was a part of me that pre-season did drag on uh, and then I thought you know you really can't wait for competitive action and it's kind of went the opposite way you've got competitive action some managers use this as a pre-season games to get players up to fitness and I think Lee Johnson actually said last year that he mistakenly you know underplayed the Viaplay Cup by trying a few things out and of course it didn't work out for him because the latter stages seem so far away at the start of season but when you get there there's money to be earned so um, interesting how quickly the season comes around again and before we know it we'll be previewing the games coming up on the 15th of July the one thing we need to remember is don't base your season predictions on what happens in the Viaplay Cup group stages because every single season we do it and every single season the teams that did not so well end up having a decent season and vice versa so I'm learning my lesson this time it's not happening well St Mirren was the one (laughs) I I backed St Mirren I think for the drop on their Viaplay Cup form and that came back to bite me well if you've got thoughts on any of these topics we'd love it if you would join us 0141 951 1025 or maybe there's something else you want to talk about maybe you've got something on your mind that I haven't touched on yet you can set the agenda 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB what has of course been dominating the headlines over the past couple of weeks especially the last few days is Ange Postacoglu's exit from Celtic every single day there seems to be new names in the frame mark we've heard the, the ones before the likes of Brendan Rodgers people still talking about him I think 
you know, last I looked, he was still the the bookies favourite. You've got Enzo Maresca, Kietil Knutsen. I think the the one that was coming out today was Pascal Janssen, who's the AZ Alkmaar manager. He got them to the the semi finals of the Europa Conference League, fourth in Eredivisie. There's chat as well that with Ajax and PSV looking for managers as well that he, that he's on their shortlist. So it's always interesting to see what names are being thrown up. Well, it certainly is, and they're going to continue because. People are going to link managers who have uh, have shown that they've had obviously a good season, some sort of success. Now, I, I know AZ Altmar finished well behind Feyenoord, 15 points, I think, in fourth place or something like that, fifth place. So never in contention for the league, but a European run put together uh, quite nicely. And the attractive style of play, if there's young progressive managers out there with an attractive style of play, it's always going to be on the radar of Celtic when they're looking for a, a manager so that's why these managers constantly get linked but you're right maybe uh, in, in his home country that he'll look at things closer to home rather than come here but it, it's a bit of a conundrum just now you know no one knows what the Celtic hierarchy are thinking you know you you'd probably th- would have you would like to think certainly that they've made inquiries and started conversations with other managers that we're just not privy to who those are, we don't know. Brendan Rogers' name isn't going away at the minute. I mean, he's very short odds, and at one stage, Ben got suspended on him. Um, that doesn't entirely tell us anything, but it goes to show you that there is a lot of interest surrounding that one, and it seems to tick a lot of boxes and make sense. But as I say, this may rumble on. But the one thing, Celtic, like they can't take six weeks over this. That is the thing. They have to get business done in the coming two or three weeks because the players will be reporting back to pre-season soon. You mentioned that attractive style of play because of what the Celtic fans have seen from Ange Postacoglu's side over the last couple of seasons because of the way the squad is built because of the way Ange Postacoglu wanted to play. Do you think that is now just a demand from the Celtic supporters that whoever comes in needs to play a style of football that is attractive, that is exciting, that is on the front foot and they won't want anything else other than that? Yeah, of course. Look at a good while ago when I was playing you know winning was what mattered if you could match that with uh, an attractive style then great Um, it's kind of moved on since then football fans rightly so pay their money um, to be entertained to to like the product on the pitch and even though Celtic were winning throughout the years some of their fans grumbled that the style was Brendan Rodgers last year too pedestrian too much possession based Neil Lennon at fans moaned that just wasn't enjoyable to watch even though they were winning but Ange Postacoglu married them both together winning with an attacking um, style of football that had flair it had everything you know it had goal scorers in midfield it had wingers that would take people on and get people out of their seats and it had a striker that would score 30 plus a season he married everything together to go away from that it's you know it would leave a a bit of a sour taste in the Celtic fans' uh, mouth so of course they'll look for something similar but where do you find something similar? That's a hard thing everybody who has a vacant position is looking for a similar manager that Ange Postacoglu was And while Celtic are dominating the headlines with their manager hunt you've then got Rangers who sort of going about their business maybe quite quietly but they have signed three players already the, the latest is Jack Butland 
And now Rangers fans are just waiting to see who's next Who's next through the door We've seen a lot of talk about a, a striker Is that where Rangers need to be looking? Is that where Michael Beale needs to be looking now? Certainly is Because they've lost their, their main man Morelos who Great servant for the club over the years In terms of goal scoring and what he brought um, Certainly a position that probably Michael Beale is concentrated on but strikers are the hardest position to fill But he certainly needs one uh, If not more than one If he can get Roof back then fine But he needs an out and out number 9 Well let's hear from you on the phones 01419511025 Andy is a Rangers fan in Finiston Andy, three signings secured already this summer How do you feel about the business that Michael Beale has already done? Hi guys, how you doing? Hi, I was just saying the producer I think we, you know, I don't really know much Too much about the down seven. You know, we need, we need to trust like Michael Beale and if the two of them come out in like what Godwell and Raskin, I'll be more than happy, you know. And I, I do agree with what the boys were saying there, but I think we need two strikers because I, I don't know what's happening with Roof and Kovac. Are they going to still be here? You know, next season, there's Roof, you know, he's, he's that injury prone. He's made a glass. That's, that's my worry about Roof. He's a good striker. But then, then you look at the other side of the thing. We've still got Lawrence and Hadji and we a full pre-season behind him. I mean, they're class acts, so, but we're looking, we're looking good. Yeah, I mean, Andy mentions there about needing two strikers. You look at the options Rangers have available at the moment. Alfredo Morelos has obviously left. Kamar Roof's injury record is is not good whatsoever. When he plays, he, he tends to have a good goal scoring record, but Rangers just haven't had him playing consistently for a good while. Antonio Cholak, there was talk I remember a couple of months ago that he maybe wasn't in in Michael Beale's plans, but I think he has said since that you know he, he is a player that he feels he can he can get something out of. He certainly scored goals last season when he played Antonio Cholak. With Michael Beale playing two strikers quite a lot of the time, do you feel that there's numbers needed in that area? Yeah, without doubt there's numbers needed Like we were saying there If Morelos goes it leaves a, a huge void That needs to be filled And Roof, look You cannot depend on Roof in terms of fitness You can depend on him when he plays And he, he will get you goals Because he's a terrific player But it's just his, his fitness is a, a real concern And it's it's not came our Roof's fault It's just one of these things So that's a big decision for Michael Beale Where he backs Roof to be fit enough to, to only merit bringing one striker in Cholak I think Cholak's got a future At Rangers I mean he, he turned into a bit of a bit part player But His goals return Was still impressive For his first season And then you've got the The enigma that is Sakala as well Now Sakala People say Or people did say off season He cannot play as a striker He's a wide man However when he played striker He still returned goals And he is erratic You don't know what you're getting from him But he will give you everything So he is still an option also But I still think they need to replace Morelos And like I say Maybe another because Roof you can't depend on Andy what type of strikers Do you think Michael Beale needs to bring in Do you have any names in mind Has there been any names that are linked that you like the look of There's not really any names That, you know, that I can know of I was thinking maybe some Scottish boys maybe, you know, I said that a couple of weeks ago With the, the boy for Hibs and all that you know, But we need somebody like Morelos like Who can you know, He's strong He was strong when he was on his game He was strong he was a nightmare for defenders. Somebody like a big out and out forward who can hold his own weight. You know what I mean? That's that's the kind of guy I've been looking for. I mean, Andy mentions they are, you know, potentially looking across Scotland, the likes of Kevin Nisbet, Lawrence Shanklin, two 
Scottish strikers both away with the Scotland squad at the moment are those players Rangers should be looking at do you think they will look at Mark or would you expect that they would be shopping in other markets well I don't think you should overlook talent here on your doorstep particularly when they've got good goal scoring records and they're at a good age but I believe it's Nisbet no looking Millwall yeah, south of, of the border yeah, uh-huh. um, Shankland I honestly don't believe you'd get Shankland or it would take a lot of money to get Shankland I think he's pivotal in, in what's hearts have uh, achieved and what they're looking to achieve next season so it would take a, a real pull to get him uh, but I believe Shankland would do a job you cannot doubt Sh- Shankland's record um, what he brings to the team he's now developed this kind of number 10 role as well that Andy's seen a bit of Morelos now he's not Morelos and kind of stalking holds people off but he can drop deep and link people up um, if you're playing with two strikers obviously you're wanting one to do that and one to play off the shoulder but I just think it would take too much money I think Michael Beale will have his eye down south it's a market he knows well he, he always says that young players that he's worked with down there he'll probably have an idea or someone down there Andy you've mentioned strikers what other areas do you feel are a priority going forward for Michael Beale? It's that moment my midfield looks good you know what I mean as I said we've got that man a lot of midfielders are in uh, don't know, but I heard just reading this at Borna Barris, he's, just, you know, he's, he's looking to sign. Uh, you know, we get Yellow Nas there, we've got Barris, we've got cover for Tab. So, I, to be honest with you, just the striker and the striker would be the, with my, you know, my main concern in there. And the rest of the pitch, the rest of the pitch will look quite strong. Is Ryan Kent's position one that that needs to be filled and because you look at the, the role he's played over the last few seasons he has been a big player for Rangers at times maybe hasn't delivered the numbers that some Rangers fans would have wanted to but he was certainly always a constant in the Rangers side he always started when he was fit is that an area that Michael Beale needs to look at filling whether it is that left wing spot or just out in the wide areas as well depends the way he wants to play Andrew I mean we've heard that Michael Beale likes to play uh, if he does go a 4-3-3 uh, is two in behind the striker pretty narrow and he tried to use Kent and they're getting closer to the striker so if he wants to play that way then of course you don't have to get an out and out winger of course if you're going to play 4-3-3 much like Van Bronckhurst tried and, and put the guys as wide as the touchline then you would have to look at a winger but Kent you're going to miss his creativity even though he, he wasn't great in, in his final season throughout the years he created things for others um, and you're going to miss that whether Hadji comes back and can recreate some of that I don't know because he's been out a long time injured but he is a good player Um Time will tell on that one But Lawrence of course Maybe fill a role like that So I don't think Kent's position Is as pressing to fill As what Morello's position is Well thank you to Andy Let's stick with the phones Jimmy is a Rangers fan in Cardonald Jimmy we're, we're talking Rangers We're talking strikers Have you got any suggestions Of who you'd like to see Michael Beale bring in? Hello panel uh, Good evening uh, I, I, I was wondering why nobody's ever mentioned Kevin Van Veen It amazed me what a I kind of a Donkey Ferguson or a Mark Hale a few years ago, you know, and he probably goes left, right, and centre. I don't hear anybody mention him at all. He knows again, I'd say, do so. I was wondering what the panel thought of that. I said, it's not a bad shout. When you look at his record, it's been extraordinary what he's done for Motherwell. You know, single handedly almost took them from that relegation battle and, you know, pulled them up the league with his goals and performances. Technically, very good scores a variety of goals set piece taker as well uh, but I suppose it boils down to what Michael Beale sees for the future how he wants to take this Rangers 
team forward Does he want a quick fix That will come in and replace Morelos for a year And can play a bit part Or does he want something with a bit of longevity about it That they can develop Into you know, something special If it's the latter Then I don't think he would look at Van Veen If he's wanting an instant impact And somebody to fill then Listen Van Veen will do a job for you Surrounded by better players No disrespect to Motherwell players he would score goals Is that what does it for you Jimmy The fact that he's already proven He can score goals In the Scottish Premiership You think he'd hit the ground Running at Rangers I think he did fantastic For Rangers He seems to know the, He knows the Scottish League Inside out You know I think he's a perfect fit As I say he's got the height He's got the ball and, You know As I say It reminds me of Haley years ago You know Mark Haley The, the glory days of Ibrooks And Dunkey Ferguson Obviously Even through his career On the Ross County With him But, but uh, uh, I think he's a perfect fit For Rangers He's got the height The ball He can score his foot Score what he said He knows the Scottish League Inside out I mean probably Get him for pennies as well So I, th- I think it'd be A great signing You know I think we're getting To Lisbon Definitely you might get him for pennies though. Say, <laughs> might Stuart argue that just because Stuart Kettlewell. I mean, what was the quote that he said? He didn't think any club in Scotland yeah. could afford to sign Kevin Van Veen. I, I think if Celtic or Rangers had tested the resolve of Motherwell with you know a 31 year old with a year left in his contract, <laughs> that, uh, Stuart Kettlewell would be driving him over, Andrew. <laughs> he would be driving o- over with, with any decent bid. Um, but again, this boils down to what. What Motherwell's valuation is On Kevin Van Veen And Look If it's a snip for a club like Rangers Then maybe it is worth a gamble Looking at his past record You know Like he's not going to chase down fullbacks for you uh, He's not going to be a presser from the front Much like Kyogo is for Celtic But he's good with the ball on his feet And he can score goals And Rangers are going to need someone To shoulder some of that burden Throughout the season Um I just couldn't see him being the main striker. It would be a backup role, I believe, if he went to the club. I don't know if you saw the video that Motherwell posted on Twitter a couple of days ago. And normally at the end of the season, you know, a, a club's Twitter account will post up a video of, you know, their strikers, all their goals this season. They had a complete video that was just of Ken Van Veen's skills and touches, him plucking the ball out the air and first yeah. touches. And, you know, Jimmy's talking about him in the sort of mould of, you know, Duncan Ferguson and Mark Cately, but. He's maybe got a bit more guile than those guys in terms of he's maybe not as physical as those guys. Yes, he's got a bigger frame, but you look at the the way he can control the ball and, yep. and sort of nick pass players. He's you know a bit of a a strange player in that way because he maybe doesn't look like the type of player that does what yeah. he does. Yeah, it looks a bit lackadaisical sometimes, a bit like he can't be bothered, and then all of a sudden a ball over the top and he'll puck it at the air and he'll score a terrific goal. So yeah, technically. I think he's very, very good. Um, and I think he, whichever club he goes to after Motherwell, I think he will become a fan's favourite, much like he has at Fur Park. He's just got that personality about him. Um, but again, it's about what he would want. Of course, if he moved to Rangers, he would get financially you know, compensated for that. It'd be a good contract. But is Van Veen the type that would like to sit on the bench and play second fiddle most weeks? Don't know if he is I think he likes to be the main man So that might be a choice for him That Is pretty tough We're not saying that Kevin Van Veen's As good as Mark Haley By the way For anyone that's about to tweet us But thank you to (laughs) Jimmy If you've got any thoughts on that Or thoughts on anything else Celtics Hunt for a manager Maybe you're a Hearts fan That's interested in what's going on With uh, Stephen Naismith And his new role that he's taken up You can give us a call On 0141 951 1025 You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, and we want you to join us as well. 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Did you watch the Europa Conference League final last night, Mark? I watched a bit of it, yeah, and then uh, I seen the boy getting pelted with a, a cup, and I thought, oh, this is getting too violent for me, but. Got to say, congratulations to David Moyes, seventh Scottish manager, yep. to win a European trophy. I mean, we're doing not too bad, are we, for, for managers. Who was the last English manager to win a European trophy? Oh, that's a good question, actually. Aye, because aye. Uh, Sir Alec Ferguson was 2008, of course, he was the last Scottish, but the last English one, it's a good one. Yeah, I was delighted for David week. Moyes because he, he's been through a bit of a tough time football-wise with some of the stuff that came after Manchester United and he was under fire this season from his own fans when he couldn't back up what he did, replicate what he did last season. But to take them to a European final, whatever you think of that competition, huge achievement and delighted for him. You could see how much it meant to him. I don't know if you saw the images afterwards where he was on the touchline with his dad. He was you know, yeah. getting the, the medal around his dad's neck and everything like that. It's like, just a great moment for the two well, of them. You know what? It's what football's about. I mean, David Moyes' dad's probably followed him everywhere uh, throughout football and it's the pinnacle of his career, a European trophy. So to share that, uh, uh, wonderful pictures. What was even better than that though was in the dressing room when David Moyes, have you seen this? Where he puts on the video the video the dancing to the proclaimers and it scans the dressing room and you just see the players all on their phones no idea what this proclaimer song is or this old guy dancing it's your uncle dancing at a wedding it <laughs> it's is horrendous it's Hugh Keevans dancing at a yeah. wedding isn't it it's that was horrendous but we'll let him enjoy his moment yeah, well exactly. deserved well done to David Moyes 01419511025 if you've got any thoughts on Scottish football John is a Celtic fan in the East End John, it's been a pretty busy week or so for Celtic. What have, what have you made it all? Um, good evening, Andrew and Mark. Um, I, I can't say that we didn't see it coming because we did. Everybody see it coming. Um, it's a shame that it's ended because I've been on the show before and we've discussed how good the rapport was between. Bostokoglu with the fans and how it was just a great feel-good factor and stuff like that. So the fact that Anne's leaving, I don't have an issue at all with Anne's leaving. Nobody knocked that back. Nobody who comes from any sort of football and stock and what he's done in latter years and stuff like that. To get an opportunity to go to somebody like Spurs, no-brainer. What I have an issue with, though, is the Celtic board. We've seen this coming. We could all see it for weeks and weeks. But they've done nothing. They've just dragged their feet again. It's very, very similar to the same thing they did two years ago when it came to them appointing Ange. And I mean, John, it was it was only two days ago that Ange Postacoglu moved to Tottenham. It's it's not as if, you know, were, were you expecting Celtic to already have announced a manager? No, but we've known for weeks, Andrew. They've been talking about it for weeks. He's leaving it. Once it was kind of announced as such that he was doing as the... Um, what was he? He was favourite for it. And, and I know also that can be wrong when it comes to it, but opportunities like that, you've discussed it all week, don't come along very often. Not for managers that are in Scotland. So jo- an opportunity came up and he took it. 
But what would you have expected the, the Celtic board to have had a manager in place two days after Ange Postacoglu secures his move to Tottenham? Is that not is that not quite quick? Are you asking me? Sorry, I yes, thought you were asking yeah. Mark. Um, no, I, no, I know what you're saying. That it's only two days. It's only been I mean, official for two days. But they, they would have known. They would have known the grumblings that he was potentially maybe going to be leaving. So at least start the ball rolling. John, the, the but ball could well have been yeah, rolling already, yeah, Mark. So that's the thing. I, th- I think you've been... Unfair, John, on on the Celtic board, uh, Dermot Desmond, Peter Walwell, who are there in control of this. Because how do you know? How do we know that conversations aren't so far down the line that something's already almost done? Because remember, you mentioned it was the same when Postecoglou came in. The Celtic board have got to take huge credit for how Postecoglou came in. Now, it wasn't right away. Was it about this time in June, maybe? Mm-hmm. He was appointed. Yep. Things had rolled on the season. The season had ended disastrously. There wasn't an appointment made the day after the season finished. Talks were obviously ungo- uh, underway for a while with Postacoglu, and they got it spot on. So I think it'll be a similar case here. If John is right in terms of everybody's seen this coming from the outside then surely from the inside they would have had an idea that was coming and they would have set the ball rolling so I think unfair because because we've not heard anything or anything of substance then it's wrong to say that oh they're not doing anything they're sitting just watching everything go by of course they must have made contact with someone John I appreciate that we may be standing here in a month's time or two months time and there may not be a Celtic manager in place and at that point people will phone up and, and be saying that the board should be acting quicker but you know two days after the appointment do you not, do you not think there's maybe a bit of time for patience now to see what happens over the next few days yeah, yeah okay I, I do get that and maybe I'm being a bit hasty as such um, but what I will say like Mark would say there it was like two years to this to, to this point two years ago when he was appointed however prior to that there was all that unbelievable debacle our Eddie Howe we put all our eggs in one basket for one guy who eventually turned around and said no he's alright I'll go somewhere else that's why I don't want him to make the same mistake with yes they brought in Ange nobody had ever heard of him apart from obviously Gordon Dale um, but it was when he came in everybody was kind of stunned by this who is this guy and yes it worked great fabulous but I just don't want I mean I don't know maybe I'm just frustrated the fact that he's gone and we're now back to square one again maybe that's what it is I don't it's interesting looking back on that period Mark because Celtic obviously had Eddie Howe as their number one target but I remember it because I was in the studio it was a Friday and that was the day the news had broken that Eddie Howe was not going to be the Celtic manager. Talks had broken down. By the time I came into the studio on the Monday, Ange Postacoglu was the main candidate. looked as if he was going to take over. So it did look as if things were still going on behind the scenes. They did have, you know, contingency plans in case the Eddie Howe deal fell through. And and after, you know, two or three days, there was already another leading candidate and Ange Postacoglu, you know, was was that man. And it it turned out not too badly. Well, you're 100% correct with that, Andrew, because... Like John said there, 
I think it was the opposite Celtic did not put all their eggs in one basket with Eddie Howe yes he was a number one target but it wasn't Eddie Howe or Bust and they sat for another six weeks going what are we doing now they moved swiftly on to another candidate who became better suited but even with our first candidate Eddie Howe you know, people, when Ange Postacoglu came in and Eddie Howe was still at a job, people were saying, oh, thank goodness we didn't get Eddie Howe. The number one candidate is doing not too badly now uh, where he went. So it proves that he was a very good candidate, but it just didn't match up and it worked out better for Postacoglu and for Celtic. That's why I think the fans have to have a bit of faith in the selection process with a Celtic board. I don't think they should be criticised. I think they did all they could to keep their manager and they should be praised for their recruitment and managers in the past and time will tell. I'm pretty confident they'll do their homework and they'll get this one right also. Well, thank you to John. Ross is a Celtic fan up next in Drumchapel. Ross, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yourselves? Yes, all good, all good. How are you feeling about the Celtic managerial situation going forward? Do you have any names in mind of who you'd like to replace Ange Postacoglu? Obviously, like, grateful to Ange for what he's done. Um, but moving forward, I would like somebody like Andrew Maresca, maybe. Mark, it's a, it's a name that's, that's come up a few times Of course yeah. there's this City Football Group link Enzo Moresca I think was interviewed last time uh, Celtic were looking for a manager He was certainly on a list of names When Celtic were looking uh, to bring in a manager And then Ange Postacoglu ended up coming in So he's, he's certainly a, a name Celtic have been aware of in the past Is that Can you see why Celtic fans are interested Because of that link with the City Football Group And how well it worked with, with bringing Ange Postacoglu in Well of course the City Football Group is It's kind of taking over world football At the minute You know, They seem to have a, an outstanding model That just creates success Everywhere they go And whether that's coaches Learning under the best Or Teams from the Far East, you know, all producing successful winning teams uh, and coaches. So Maresca is just the latest one to come from that. If you've worked under Pep Guardiola and you've been his right-hand man and seen the work it goes into what's turning out to be a phenomenal season for City, then I think the Celtic fans could be optimistic in thinking of he has to come and do a fraction of what Guardiola's um been putting on to his players then it should be a success I mentioned the other night look at Arteta Arteta studied under Guardiola as well and he went out in his own now it took a wee bit of time to get going but you can see how he took a massive club on and has really driven him into a challenging force in England so Maresca it seems an attractive option and it seems to fit into the model that Celtic have worked in the past and the, the group that they're tapping into and he could well just be the favourite of Rodgers doesn't take on the job Ross Enzo Maresca has had a, a spell out as a manager in his own right he went to Parma in, Ita in the Italian second division he, he was only in charge for 14 games he only lasted 180 days before he was sacked does that worry you at all? Uh, it doesn't worry me what worries me is we take as long as we took to appoint Ange in the first place um, I'd just rather get somebody with managerial experience in the door and Maresca's got managerial experience and he's got experience working under Pep I mean he's got that experience of working under Pep but in terms of you know proper managerial experience Mark he's, he's not managed you know at the top level or he's, he's only been a, a first team manager for 14 games is that a concern? Um, 
Yes, in a way, I would say so because you look at Postacoglu's track record, you look at Eddie Howe, who was the preferred candidate before Postacoglu, and what they had done in the game, how they had managed Eddie Howe, took a very different route, of course, from Ange Postacoglu. It starts as a young coach and progressed all through the leagues and, and got success that way. Postacoglu had been a national team manager and managed teams for 20 odd years, so he had vast experience of dealing with dress rooms on his own. Um, Maresca I don't think would be that way and you just wonder then he would obviously need a wraparound staff that he would probably bring with him so a different model to what Postacoglu brought to Celtic but I don't think Celtic took an age to a point Hans Postacoglu at all it was just the season had run its course there was no point in them appointing someone the following week from I mean, Saturday the, the, Eddie, the Eddie Howe circumstances the, that was the one that dragged on rather than the appointment yeah. of, of Ange Postacoglu because they kind of felt they had a manager in place that then turned around and, and circumstances uh, changed that's what I was going to say I don't think that was Celtic's fault at all Eddie Howe if anything probably strung Celtic along a bit because of his backroom team and the decisions that had to be made so uh, again credit was given or should be given to Celtic board for swiftly moving on and getting that right and that's why we're only what we only five days from or from the cup final, a couple of days from the manager leaving. Time has to be taken because it's has to be carefully considered. Ross, I'm sure every single Celtic fan would have been really confident going into next season under Ange Postacoglu. The fact that he's gone, has that changed your confidence levels at all and what Celtic can achieve next season? Uh, possibly uh, we get in a manager that takes a wee bit of time to settle into the club and his style of football obviously and his style took to us straight away I want somebody with a similar type of style to Posta Coglu I would have liked Posta Coglu to stay for maybe one last Champions League push see how far we could have got but that's just the way football goes really well, thank you to Ross. Still time for you to get involved as well. Give us a call on 0141 951 1025. 0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141 951 1025 if you want to get involved. And if you've been listening to Clyde One today, you may well be sick of Mark Wilson because <laughs> be for a treat. he was trying his hand at breakfast radio this morning as well with Gordon DL. How was that? I was like Alan Partridge. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Was, uh, no, I loved it, mate. I was, I was brilliant. Very different for this. Grant, have you ever seen? We're used to the big floodlights in here, mm-hmm. bright as anything. Grant, that must be because it's early in the morning. Has it like some sort of nightclub? Maybe it just didn't want to see your face. That, it, well, that's <laughs> that must be it. Dimmed right down, you know, eerie atmosphere. But it was great, great fun. Yeah, let's have a, a listen to a clip actually, because I'm told that you right. are uh, you're putting your CV forward for the uh, for the Celtic <laughs> job. Let's let's take a listen. Qualifications um, got seven standard grades and half an open university degree. <laughs> <laughs> Just a half of one. That's going to count for something. I'll put that in. Right, experience. Experience. Oh, right. this is where it gets good. Ex Dundee United, ex Celtic legend, ex Dumbarton. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting legend in there. Oh, yes. Inverted common. Relegation with Bristol City. No, you forgot that. I forgot that. That was, that was near the glory years. Miss uh, that one out, Grant. I don't really know football very well, but should I be putting relegation in? Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. That's often frowned upon. <laughs> then go for a new job. 
I tell you what, I'm glad they didn't ask Gordon DL for his experience, <laughs> his life experience, because I don't think anyone needed that while they were eating their breakfast in the morning. No, 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 no. I don't think that CV sounds as good as I thought it did in my head. So, so you're not. You don't think you're in the running for the, the just Celtic fall job? Just below the Celtic job. <laughs> if there's any other clubs out there, you know, willing to take on a, a relegation um, expert, then I'm your man. Uh, we've actually got Martin, who's a Celtic fan, on the line. First of all, Martin, would you take Mark Wilson as your new Celtic manager? Definitely. Quite, yeah. I think, I think we'll need <laughs> to clear Martin's line up there Ma- because we listen, can't I hear him that well. What he said, I, 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 well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's in the right state of mind. I thought he, he said he's a quality player, did he? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Thanks, Martin. <laughs> Right, we'll clear that line up But um, I think he was coming on with a suggestion on the managerial front But we will get to that in a second But yeah, he was saying, uh, he, was saying he would take you as the... Well, that's music to my ears Now, if only that can filter up to Dermot Desmond and uh, Peter Lawwell Then that breakfast show was worth coming and getting up at 5am for Right, Martin, if it's not going to be Mark Wilson Have you got any suggestions of who you'd like to see as the next Celtic manager? I've actually thought of Kevin Muscat, the former Rangers player. Uh, he's playing in the, he's managing in the J League at the moment. Uh, I think he was with the team that uh, Andrew was with, and plays the same sort of attack football. So I think he might be a good fit. Yeah, I was waiting for the suggestion to come up on the phones, Mark, because Kevin Muscat's had an interesting managerial career where after Ange Postecoglou left Melbourne Victory. Kevin Musket went straight in, ended up sort of building on the progress that Ange Postacoglu had made, won a couple of league titles with them. When Ange Postacoglu left Yokohama F. Marinos, Kevin Musket came in. He's there now. He's won a league title with them as well. So I was expecting there would be a sort of natural shout for Kevin Musket maybe going in and continuing the work that, yeah. that Ange Postacoglu had done again for a third time. Of course, you can see the parallels. Um if you thought there'd be some baggage with Brendan Rodgers, then double that for Kevin Muscat. Now, I know he wasn't a Rangers player for long, but some Celtic fans just wouldn't take that. However, if you're talking purely in the coaching side, then it's definitely not the worst shout I've ever heard. You're right. He's mirrored what Ange Postacoglu has done, and you can only class that as success. You know, Postacoglu's a hard act to follow wherever he's been. But Muscat is the one that's had to pick up the pieces of the fans being devastated that he's left and continue the success. And he's done that. I, I just, I don't know, I'd find it a bit far flung to see him standing on the touchline at, at Celtic Park. But coaching experience and what he's done take nothing away from him. Does that not make a difference to you, Martin? Are you quite happy to overlook the fact that he was at Rangers? I know it was just a, a short spell. <laughs> It wouldn't bother me so long as it produced the goods, you know. Uh, and he, he obviously wants to bet himself, he's a young man, do you know what I mean? So he's, I, I think it'd be an ideal manager. Well, Martin's open-minded, and I quite, I quite like that. You know, I don't think there's enough supporters like that. However, there are a large percentage who aren't, who, who hold things like that very dearly, very close to them, can't see past it. And that would... I guess make it difficult if it was to be Muscat that would make it difficult in his uh, opening weeks and months as a Celtic manager any poor result uh, wouldn't, he, wouldn't he be labelled the same way as Ange Postacoglu's three poor results uh, uh, when he lost three times early on it would be used a stick to beat him with so 
I guess the Celtic board would be weighing up all these contenders. I've no doubt they would probably have looked at Muscat and what he's done uh, as a successor to Postacoglu. But again, I just think it would be it would be one from real left field that with some of the names on the list um, who have been mentioned, if they pluck Muscat, I don't know uh, how the Celtic fans would like it. I tell you what, this show would be lively the day of the appointment I mean we could fill about four hours talking about it I think it would be lively the touchline if you've ever seen any clips yeah. of Kevin Muscat playing he was uh, he certainly liked oh. a challenge didn't he uh, what robust that's that's <laughs> the word that's often used to describe hatchet men sometimes but listen a, a player with a, a great career and you know he was a hard hard as nails no nonsense type player whether that's been taken over his mannerisms in the dressing room I don't know but one thing you do know uh, tactically astute knows what he's doing and can build a side on the success that Postacoglu had Yeah Martin how big is that continuity uh, after Ange Postacoglu of course Celtic fans absolutely loved the, the style of play and what he was doing is your hope that you just see much of the same from whoever else comes in next Yeah definitely uh, well let's you know People always talk about the, the old firm, but if you look at on the playing side as well, guys like uh, going back, you know, Millenniums, Alfie Con, you know, uh, and and recently uh, Kenny Miller, who's going on both sides of the divide, you know, but once they're in the club, the fans love them, you know. When Kenny played the Rangers, you know, he was despised by the Celtic crowd, but. You know, once once he put the jersey on, they were always forgiven by, I would say, ninety nine percent of people. That's it, Mark. In football, fans are fickle. That's it. Mm. And if someone is doing well for your club and you're winning games, then the past is just kind of all forgotten, isn't it? Um, sort of. I think there is some that break the mould in that who who couldn't cross the divide. No way, Kenny. Kenny's been here, there, and everywhere, and of course he, he jumped over a couple of times and back to Rangers. And you're telling me Bristol Rovers fans would would never have you at, at the club. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I very much <laughs> doubt that anyone in Bristol would want to see me back there, mate. Um, so I think there's certain exceptions in managerial terms. Has it ever been done in Glasgow that uh, an ex-Rangers player has managed Celtic and vice versa? Uh, not to my recollection it hasn't and I think in this one it'll remain that way well thank you to Martin that is all we've got time for on the phones tonight just a bit of time to touch on that via play cup group stage draw it will kick off the competition on the 15th of July so it's not too far away the clubs will find out soon what the, the actual fixtures are and what their first competitive game of the new season is but certainly a few interesting ties in there I like the look of Group F with Kilmarnock and then you've got Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline which will be a good derby in there you've got the likes of Motherwell taking on Queen's Park as well St Mirren in a group they've got a bit of travelling to do because it's not regionalised anymore it used to be yeah. north and south but St Mirren have our broth Montrose Forfar and Cowden Beath so they've got a bit of uh, travelling to do for their away games but they always throw up some some interesting ties well they do I mean I pretty much started at Breakin City and the Via Play Cup regionalised we got Dundee United and St Johnson they took six and then seven off us and that was off to a bad start so I can propel some people's seasons while kind of getting off uh, to a bad start for others even Dundee United Partick Thistle in the same group as well it'll be fascinating to see and it comes around in five weeks time pretty soon 
Yeah, because I think a lot of managers use it in different ways as well. Some maybe have a look at it as and use it as a bit of a, a, a extra pre-season yeah. almost in some of the games and some of the fixtures can be kind to you that you maybe kick off against you know a, a League 2 or a League 1 team when you can experiment and then sometimes you're thrown right into the deep end against another Premiership side or maybe you're a League 2 side and all of a sudden you're, you're playing a big Premiership team Andrew it's a fine line for particularly the Premiership managers who when they get to the latter stages have a serious chance of doing something special for their club when it's so early on how do you judge which players to play who's up to match speed it's a real tough one but one thing we've learned is don't judge someone's season on their form at the start of the Vi Play Cup yeah we have those fixtures to look forward to but they don't kick off until the 15th of July so much to happen before that kicks off Celtic still will continue their manager hunt there'll be transfers across all the leagues as well and we will be keeping you up to date on Clyde One Super Scoreboard from 6 until 7 every weeknight this summer so make sure to join us and thank you for joining us tonight thank you for your calls and tweets thank you to Mark Wilson in the studio as well up next it's Callum Gallagher